Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Good evening, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. All thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Polaris end a financial year deal on right now. Get up to $3,000 free accessories on any Polaris Ranger. If you want to give us a ring too, 1300 736 736 1300 736 736 A big day too in the in the footy world. Wasn't a real surprise to me that Stuart Jew uh, being sacked by the Gold Coast Suns last week. They said his job was secure and one of the worst kept secrets going around. Uh, and, and sad for Stuart and his family, but as we know, coaches always seem to get sacked at some point in time. Let's welcome a man. Well, he's only sacked once, I think. Well, one or and a half. Walked. One and a half. One and a half. half. Malcolm yeah. Bloody, how are you? Hi, David. Yeah, it's a sad day. Um, it's it's always sad when uh, you know a guy in control of the club, in control of the football department, really loses his job. Um, was it unexpected? Probably not. There'd been some talk about it. There'd been so many commentators say, look, he's going to get sacked. And I don't believe that decision was made until last night. I do know Bob East, who made that tonight. I do know Mark Evans, who were both on the uh, TV today talking about it. I, I do believe they may have been thinking about it. But, but I they made it last, last night, night and yeah. bang, cut yeah. the head off yeah. straight and away. I, and I, I sort of half believe that, but having sat on the board, particularly with Bob East, you know, he's, he's a terrific guy. He's, a, he's an honest guy. He's run a very big business. Um, yeah, uh, and I think, I've got a feeling that game, that Collingwood game, you know, when they had a full house and, and the performance was very poor, and they picked on, they picked, you know, the top team of the year to play their worst game of the year, and I think, that sound, whatever was hanging on. But they'd also played the poor game the week before against Carlton. Yeah. And got smashed at two goals to half time. Look, um, six years, he, he certainly improved them on, on the upward trend. I mean, after the after they'd beaten the, the Bulldogs in Adelaide and Darwin, we thought maybe the eight was on the cards. But yep. since then, it's been it's been all downhill. Yeah, I did, I did some numbers. You know my theory on 18 players in the top 30? You know, that the team is starting to move. Um Adelaide had 18, as I mentioned to you. You know, Port Adelaide had got 16. And the two last year uh, premiers, uh, both uh, Richmond and Melbourne, those sort of teams, all had about 18 in that top 30 because they've been down the bottom and climb up. I said there were two outliers. That was Geelong, who seemed to survive without that. And the team that hasn't moved has been Gold Coast Suns. Now, I did it today. They've got uh, 18 in the top 30, David. They've got 18 in the top 30. Yeah, and they're not as young as you think, too. They had 10 uh, players at 27 and over on the weekend. Well, well, here you go. Here's, here's the numbers. And this is what I'm trying to think of. Why would this happen? Adelaide have 18 players, pick, pick 30. A t- average, this is their list. Average age? 23 and 280 days. Yep. Port Adelaide, would you believe, uh, 16 on their list in the top 30, uh, 24 and 107. Gold Coast, uh, I did it today, about, about the same, 24 
and 255 days. So in other words, they're older than Port Adelaide. They haven't moved the dial. dial. And the average games played are 63. This is the whole list. You know, this is just big picture. Adelaide are 52. Now, Port Adelaide are only 68. They're only five in front of the Gold Coast. You can see where they're on the ladder. So... If so all something's th- not connected. Yeah, everything being equal, and it can't be where you live. It can't be that the weather's better. I mean, it can't be that sort of rubbish. I mean, they're picking from the same pool. Mm. So these kids come along, and look, it's stood the test of time. This 18 picks in the 30. You know, you should be starting to poke up the ladder. And, and they sadly, they haven't. They've had it. Compared to what they had last year, David, it just hasn't happened. Now, I only met Stewie. I've only met him a couple of times in this boat. He seems like a really nice fella. Everyone speak highly of him. But I'll guarantee you now, if you don't win games and you're coaching a footy team, I don't care what grade it is, David, at some stage or other, you will not be coaching that team. Yeah, yeah. As I said, we've had this discussion. You thought they were on the way up, and perhaps they are, but they certainly stalled. I just don't think six years you can keep your job. Or maybe at the end of the year they could have made the move, but this way they can go out and, and sort of poach someone. And the last man to, to lose his job after five or six years without finals was Alan Richardson, yeah, St know. Kilda. Can't believe that. Yeah, I've got 15 weeks there. It's bloody amazing, isn't it? Anyhow, enough of it. It's not hey, about, it's not about you're me. you're over that. Yeah. You're over that. <laughs> it's not about me. No. Hey, can I just say also, and this is how tough it is. Now, listen, everyone out there saying the Gold Coast Suns are no good and they're rubbish and shouldn't be in the competition, that's crap. And I'll tell you why. I'll repeat what I said. Tony Shepard, the chairman of the GWS, when it all started with the two new teams, Gold Coast and GW, come in, uh, the the rights for TV went up by $250 million. Now, they can spend what they like. Getting that extra game gave the game a lot, lot more money. Right? That was So that's all done. So when people talk about their cost, Hey, Port Adelaide was a cost 10 years ago. Collingwood were a cost 30 years ago. I mean, everyone's going to take their turn. But this is, this is I'm going to read out some numbers here, David. They've been in the competition 12 years. Geelong didn't, Geelong, the great Geelong, didn't win till last year for 11 years. Melbourne, the most, 57 years it took them to win another one. Richmond, 37 years. West Coast Eagles even took 24 years to win their next one. The Western Bulldogs. These have all been in the competition. Western Bulldogs, 62 years. Fremantle haven't won one yet. 28 years. You listening to this? Sydney. Crows a while now too. Yeah, exactly. 72 years they took to win a flag. Collingwood, the great Collingwood, the most talked about club in the world. 32 years they took to win a flag from 58 to 2010. And St Kilda, dare I say it, are now running at 57 years. Well, I think... So, 12 years is not a long time in this game. No, but the difference is, not not only have they not won a flag, they haven't made the eight. No, that's okay. That, that's a long while. Look yeah, what Giants have done. They've made two yeah, but hang finals on. Don't, don't, don't final. start me on that. I'd have cracked a day at this. They they got a decent area. The Gold Coast Suns got at Cohuts with the best player in the competition. They also got an extra year in the draft. I wish people would understand this. This is not comparing and also got $2 million more dollars. I'm really dirty I am absolutely dirty when people say, let's compare GWS and Gold Coast Suns. Fooey, fooey, fooey. They are not compared. GWS got much more. And don't what do the players what? have lost then? Does that go back to the club? Oh, Stephen of course May, Tom oh, Lynch. Well, mate, you couldn't keep them. You're training in toilets. You were training in rubbish. And I said to the people in charge at the AFL, they shouldn't have put team on top of team. That's the two young clubs. 
And look at what we've got here. And it was only for the Gold Coast board, I'll say it again, that something happened with the Commonwealth Games up there that they actually got decent facilities. Mate, clubs were taking out their players down, showing them great yeah. facilities, and they're training in bloody echo huts. Come on. And Tom Lynch has gone and played in the Premiership. And they're on Prestia. Prestia. And Stephen May. Yeah. I mean, come on. They went to they went to clubs that had facilities. Gold Coast were dealt an ordinary blow. Should there be a team in the Gold Coast? Yes, there should. No doubt at all. You can now see, all the talk is now, David, is that the Gold Coast has got three really good kids in the academy. What They, they need a bit more talent, they know that. I, I think they should be better placed than what they are. But I reckon three more kids coming up. Everyone's talking about them. What it, sort of coach do they need? Do they need a... Is it a hard rick? They're talking Chris Scott maybe leaving Geelong. Is it one of those guys that have been there, done that? Someone that can actually get them moving? Oh, wow. Well. Well, well, well. Well, Crows, Crows picked up you, my grand finals. Do you need do you need to have done it, need to have been there, um, you think so or not? History shows, I, someone pointed this out to me, that the majority, it's quite a big number, nearly two-thirds, David, of premiership coaches in this comp have actually played in premiership teams. Now, I don't reckon you remember a lot when you play. You remember some, you don't remember a lot, and then become your own person anyhow. So what are you talking about, guys that have played premierships? Ships, Malthouse, yeah, yourself, Matthews. No, two-thirds. Simpson. S no, this is going back 100 years. Mm, they played, played themselves. themselves. Yeah. Look at Foss Williams and Jack Odie. Well, yeah, John Cale. Stewie did. Yeah, of course. And they get first crack probably because of it. But you don't remember everything, I can assure you. Um, just want to play, you know Bob East, Gold Coast chairman, and there's a lot of talk about the media, would they influence the decision? Here's, here's Bob East about the decision. This is an evidence-based process. In no way whatsoever have we been influenced by media, by social media, by speculation around who may or may not be available, um, by the AFL, by the AFL industry at large. This is a process driven by evidence-based and a systematic process of evaluating what we need for this club. And it is crystal clear to us that this decision was a, a, a necessary decision um, and we will make the next steps meaningful to ensure that this club goes on for future success. Now, I listened to all that today, I watched it all, and uh, there's been, people have been critical of, uh, of Bob for actually saying, well, last week he was OK. Well, what else are you going to say until the decision was mm. made? If, if you believe, and I do believe last night it was made. I sat on the board with Bob for a five, four or five years, got to know him really well. He, he's been a, such a successful businessman. He's actually, he doesn't jump at shadows. He's a strong leader. He led a, a fantastic so business. So you think the decision was made last night? I, I think it was finalised last night. Right. This doesn't happen. It comes over time. And I would have thought that at some stage or other. Now, Tony Cochran, whom we all enjoyed the way he ran the Gold Coast Suns as chairman, he was always up and bubbly and always fairly positive. Now, you know, as I know, that the chairman can always have a casting or a deciding or a stronger vote. He backed in, Stewie. Yeah, Cochran, he did. He? Yes, he did. Now, not to say that Bob didn't at the time, but now it's his watch. And I said to you, I don't know what he'll do. I saw him at the Hall of Fame last week in Melbourne and just had a quick chat to him and his wife, Sue. They were fine. We didn't talk about Stewie Jew, of course, just about life in general. Um, but I just I knew he would make a decision. And it would either be, let's go or let's go. Let's stay. Should you have been there at the presser today? Why? No, stuff them. 
that's, you know what? Once you're terminated, you make the decision. You are not duty-bound to anybody at that football club now. This is me from the other side of the fence. I've been both sides of the fence here. No. I would have said stuff them. Yeah, they made Bolton come out, I think, and face some issues. Why? That, well, he... I don't What's know it going to change? Yeah. It doesn't I've... change anything. What does he say? Oh, look, I'm... I feel crap. My family feels crap. Yeah. I just reckon you're better off in going, and obviously, you can't. I mean, you can't. Sounds like there's miscommunication somewhere. Big Stewie thought he was safe. I think, and two, he wasn't safe. Yeah, but I mean, everyone says that. Well, I mean, that's just standard procedure. If you don't think they're not going to support the club, they've got to play a game on the week. You know, the week leading up yeah. to what was all said. What if they're beaten Port? Oh, who knows? Surely they couldn't sack him then. No, but as, as if they beat no. they were leaving at no, half time. Hang on, if Marty had pants, she would have been Marty no. Paul. But no. I'm just giving you hypothetical. Because that could have well, that's happened. hypothetical. Yeah, but it didn't. And yet, it's hypothetical if you aren't. <laughs> Let's go to John. Hi, John. Hi, boys. Gary Edge won his last game at the Crows. You got the DTM following Monday, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But uh, just on Matthew Nix, you blokes, you blokes are a good sports cast, as I mean that because. You often remove your emotion, and dare I say, the brokenism, which sometimes gets to me a little bit. It gets me a little bit when you listen to other people in the voice of it. But when's the heat finally going to go on Matthew Nix? Now, understand, understand they were a basket chase and heaven knows what a few years ago, and um, he had a very difficult job. But he's missed the finals three years in a row. He may make it this year, he may not. Who knows? He's a great bloke. I read an article. He's a great bloke, Matthew Nick. I read an article on him when he got the job, say how nice a bike is, and he dresses everyone by their name, and goodness knows what, fantastic. But when, in my opinion, he's a little bit, I might be wrong, but he's a little bit timid, a little bit softish as a coach. He wants to know as a player, it's all by Sydney. But just my thoughts, your thoughts, David and Malcolm. Thanks, Thanks John. Yeah, um, I think that... Uh, he's a modern coach. Now, you know, I, I would have done it slightly differently, but I see at quarter time he got very noisy with the group and apparently after he's, he's made that uh, quite well. Um, so he's actually raised his voice a bit. Now, at some stage or other, at some stage or other, I don't care who you are, there's got to be discipline come within the team. Now, the only way as a coach is to drop someone. In other words, that's what you can do. You can actually put them back to the twos to get them better. Secondly, you can show them the right way. And then thirdly, if they don't do it, then you've got to raise your voice to get the message across. After raising your voice, if you don't get your message across, something's got to change. I think they're way ahead of where I thought they'd be this year. I, I said between eight and ten wins. You did. Yeah. And I think I'll finish with more than that. They're still a massive chance. They're playing. Some people in Melbourne think they're, you know, they're smoky to, you know, to almost get to a grand final. I don't, I don't see that. But they are the second highest scoring team in the competition They've improved out of sight, and they started at rock bottomy. He cleared the decks, cleared all the decks for his. Well, hang on, job. yeah, but you have to. I mean, but he's starting from scratch. Yeah, but hang on, that's what you get. That's why you get eighteen picks in the top thirty. I mean, everyone coming into a bottom team now gets the same result. But I reckon Stuart Jews had more talent than what uh, Nixie's had. Uh, uh, yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. So, all right, thanks, John. Plenty more coming up on the show. Thanks to Kia, Kia official part of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey coming up true or false Tuesdays. Brett Phillips on Brett Phillips on Wimbledon and GWS Isaac Cummings from the Giants. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023.
Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back. David Wildey and Malcolm Blight had a few technical difficulties, Malcolm, apparently right at the top of the show. We do apologise for that, but not much we can do and except get on with it. And we are. Tuesday's true or false, the award-winning seven-seater Kia Sorento. Kia, official part of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Sports Day SA. Yeah, the best shot. Fire away. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Oh, we've got any more technical difficulties at the moment, have we, David? No, we're right. We're, we're, we're right. right to go now, are we? Well, that, well. That's great. Okay. Wasn't that good news? Here and we... you hit me with your best shot. Okay. It's got a bit of a theme, my true or false. <laughs> I like your themes. Here we go. Number one in true or false. Damien Hardwick will coach next year. Yeah, I think he will. I mean, how many coaches sit out for two weeks, absolutely fatigued, batteries are flat, no energy, listless. Two weeks later, they'll find a go, so he'll coach you. I think he needs to coach. It's in his blood. Here's an interesting one for you. Rory Sloan or Tex Walker, both now will have 250 games after this weekend. Yeah. Who's had the better career? Uh, what a great question. Uh, I... I'd hardly ever sit in the fence. One's a forward who's kicked the most goals for the club. Different players. Yeah, and one's won a couple of best and fairest and been a really good player. I think if you if you could split it, and this is probably me, don't you know? I have played midfield, I have played forward, I have played back. I I always think it was touch not easy. It was touch tougher in the forward line. Yeah, touch tougher. Be fair. You know, just a harder to get a kick. Yeah, harder to get a kick. Just a, and. The other bloke's done a good job. I, I would say 50-50. Yeah, they've played they're together wonderful. like... They're both wonderful players. Started the same year, both of them. Yeah, but just... I, I still... You, you you don't win games without kicking goals. And I know the midfield's got to get it there to you. So if it was 51-49, and this is probably being unfair, and a lot of people would disagree with me, I would probably go Tex, just 1%. But it's splitting straws, so let's not compare. So they've both been very good. Okay. My number two... Damien Hardwick will coach Gold Coast Suns next year. Oh, big chance. Truish, I think, if it use a Malcolm Blightism. Truish. He's waiting. And to be honest, that's a fairly good group to take over. God, they've got some talent there. So, yeah, I think that's uh, certainly in the wind. Another one for you, Australia. Fourth test starts next week. Will not play a spinner. They'll go all out fast. Yeah, I reckon, true. I think Travis Head. Uh, Stephen Smith, even Labuschagne can roll their arm over just for four or five overs if it need be in a, in a quiet spot. I think Travis Head's got that, you know, just got that uh, little spotty hit spot, hit spots occasionally. Knack, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's got a lot of them. Right. Yeah, so no, I, I think that's true. Now my final one, it's probably been a theme as you said. My true or false number three, Damien Hardwick will coach Gold Coast Suns to the first final next year. Um, to too hard. Ever. Too hard. No, you can't <laughs> say too hard. <laughs> oh, and I'll say that's true. Okay, well done. That's true. It is. So A, he's got to get the job. Yeah. B, they're gonna. Yeah. Is that a finals win or just get in the finals? No, just get in the finals. Okay, very interesting stuff there too. Okay, plenty coming up too. We got uh, all the Wimbledon action with Brett Phillips and Isaac coming too from the GWS Giants. Looking forward to that. Uh, and also lost in the wash. So um, 
Luma Energy SA switched to the affirmative, joined Luma Energy today. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, this is Sports Day SA. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back. Sports Day SA, Malcolm Blight and David Wilde. Tennis look forward to this with Brett Phillips too for Wimbledon. The quarterfinals start tonight. See Djokovic is playing later tonight on Stan Sport. Watch every match ad-free. Centre Court and 4K and Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AATC.tennis. Brett, welcome once again. And uh, Al Carazzi got over that Berentini you said was in really good form, got over him in four sets. Yeah, it was a great night. I've got to say, guys, uh, last night, uh, you know, on set having two screens, you're watching two 20-year-olds. Uh, Carlos uh, getting the job done over Berentini. The challenge came, uh, certainly from Big Matteo. And I was watching Holger Rune, the fellow 20-year-old uh, dispense of Grigor Dimitrov. He just wore him down after conceding the first set. So these are the two 20-year-olds. There's not much in them. Carlos has got to one. Uh, Holger's at six in the world. They're both fearless. They both want to be the best. They're going to play each other a lot over the next 10 to 15 years. And that's the quarterfinal we're going to get. Yeah. And uh, you know, <laughs> don't you love it? The two young bucks step up and beat the two seasoned campaigners and make their own separate statements. And they, they just played the big points so well. It's like they just know. They've got that mentality and maturity at such a young age. You go, OK, I, I'll just pace my way through. I can read the match. And then, OK, this is the time to come in for the kill. And they just come up with a shot that just blows your mind. And, you know, the look on Berrettini's face last night as he's serving thunderbolts, he's crunching forehands, yeah. and he's getting still passed by a guy yeah. who can just put a bit more shape on the ball and... You can only look up to the heavens and go, well, not much I can do about that. Brett, when you when you see the vagaries of grass, so Djokovic has been there, done that so many times. So does that give them an advantage over Alcaraz and Ruin? And, when you, and what is their best surface? Well, I, I think these two can play on any surface. Uh, you know, I mean, Carlos and Holger are still so young. To think Holger hadn't won a match on grass at Wimbledon heading into this campaign, but he'd only played, I think, two previous main draws so you know still still sort of figuring it out and that's because the grass is not uh, a surface obviously the players play on a hell of a lot uh, particularly if you come from Scandinavia they're not too many grass courts <laughs> up in Denmark and yeah. it's only a short grass court season so you, you're learning you only get a little window to sort of adapt your game but you know, obviously as we know you know the champions find a way don't they they just uh, adapt and add extra shots to their repertoire or just take a different approach to what they would on clay. They hit different type of balls and uh, these guys are working on all the little things uh, all the time. But, I mean, Djokovic, look, deserves favouritism down the stretch of this week. You know, he's not totally, um, you know, blowing some opponents off the park, but when it comes to the pivotal moments, the tiebreakers, you know, seventh, eighth game of the set, he just goes up another level and uh, you've got to go with him. Otherwise, you're... Um, you know, tail around the shoulders and you're back in the locker room. Now, Brett, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Alvarez and Roon, the two 20-year-olds, you've spoke very highly of them. Obviously, they can play. Now, I, I want you to do this for yourself. I want you to get an envelope and on a piece of paper, write the name of who you think will be the better out of those two in six years' time. Put it in a safe. <laughs> 
put it in a safe a... and come back and be very honest and say, I told you so. <laughs> okay. No, good stuff. I'll do that, Blighty. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, um, I, I think I, I feel like I know the answer, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's going to be fascinating. <laughs> These two, uh, I, I just, I mean, like we talk, we talk about the big three. You know, uh, yep. they'll they'll eventually all be gone. But tennis is in good hands. These guys have got the game on court. They've got the charisma off court. They engage the crowd. They deal with the media beautifully. Yeah, Hog is a bit more, a little bit more prickly. He's a little bit, you know, he's got a little edge to him. He's been a bit of an agitator, ruffled a couple. Carlos just keeps smiling. And then he's the assassin. Bang. See you later. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Wimbledon now streaming on Stan Sport. Watch every match ad-free centre court in 4K. Um, Medvedev, any chance in the quarterfinals? Is he a chance to get to a final? Well, I think he's getting better and better. I mean, he still stands uh, back in the car park, uh, David. He's almost in the royal box to uh, receive on the on the grass, uh, Big Daniil. But it's what works for him. But he's got to deal with this giant killer. And there's always someone that you just can't uh, predict uh, pre-tournament. You know, Chris Eubanks at the moment, if he continues playing at this level, who knows how far he can go. I mean, you, you feel like, you know, maybe he's already played his grand final, so to speak. Uh, but 53 winners last night. So he'll throw plenty of firepower. And he's serving from a tree up at 201 centimetres. Uh, he's getting great bite off the serve, uh, single-handed backhand. So if he continues to play loose with that loose arm and just uh, has a, hits a barrage of balls back at Medvedev, then that's going to be tough. Although Medvedev, you know, he's the brick wall. He's uh, like Djokovic in a lot of ways, so good defensively. Yeah. Um, but I think it's another opportunity for Eubanks to... Um, just swing freely and see how he goes. Brett, don't worry about the envelope. Hope you just get a bit of sleep. Uh, keep keep up. Uh, you, your eyes must be yeah. toothpicks in there at the moment. Uh, big nights, yeah, big nights. Uh, just working on a few little extra remedies. Uh, sort of, you know, the Coke Zero, the Kit Kat. Uh, I can't drink <laughs> coffee. Uh, can't stomach coffee. So I'm finding ways, Dave. But that's no, good times and. Uh, we love being at this stage of the tournament and uh, we'll sort out a few players tonight as well. Mate, you do a wonderful job. Thanks for that. Brett Phillips, we're talking all things at Wimbledon. Who's your tip, Lottie? Hard to go past Djokovic. Djokovic, yeah, but I, 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 I'm sort of thinking that Alcaraz looks like he's going to be the mantle taker, I think. He's arrogant, got a bit yeah, of arrogance. Yeah. And uh, Holger Roon. Yeah. What a great name there too. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm for my. I'm going Djokovic. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll stick out going on the limb. Could you put that in an envelope and we'll put it in a safe for you? Uh, I might do that. Would you like me to do that? Well, can if you want. It's 6.36. Well, Malcolm, time now to speak about the Giants' two-for-tyre power winter safety sale now on. 25% off equivalent with four-for-three on selected Falcon tyres. Tyre power, get your free five-minute safety check. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Yeah, Malcolm, going with the music there. Well, it's nice to welcome Isaac coming to this show too. He's played some super footy in recent times. And the Giants, bloody, are, are playing some good footy. They're just on the door of the eight. Yeah, just won their last four. And Adelaide ninth, Giants tenth, just a little bit of percentage. Well, our next, very important. next guest, a very good football in his own right. Isaac coming. Isaac, thanks for your time. And, uh, gee, a big game. I know you beat them last year in the... And round one this year, but Adelaide are playing some pretty good footy too. Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, yeah, firstly, thanks for having me. But um, yeah, it's going to be a um, going to be on for young and old this Saturday night. And yeah, like you said, we've done well the past couple of times. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer this this Saturday. 
take us through your season. Um, you've been really consistent. You haven't been blown away too many times. And I don't think a lot of people have the Giants in the equation for the top eight. But as I said, you're knocking on the door. And you. one thing about uh, the Giants, you always give effort. It, even though you've got some of the really highly skilled players, you've also got a lot of guys that uh, crash in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's... Um I mean, we can sort of look back and reflect on the season. There are a lot of games that we um, we sort of just lost and, and ones that we hung in there. But, um, you know, I think if we look across the year, we've um, we've played the way we want to play. And sometimes it hasn't always been a win. But um, King is like to say, if we lose, we're going to lose um, playing a Giants game. So I think we've done that for the majority of the year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Isaac, 65 games now. Um Gee whiz, it creeps along, doesn't it? 24, you're, you're in the, I call it the purple spot, you know, the sweet spot. You're just starting to get the hang of it, heading towards that 100, hopefully. Uh, you've had a high of 34 to suppose. You had 18 on the weekend against Hawks. I've done all that. Now, the comparison, I, this is a bit odious for a young bloke, but Leon Cameron was there for a lot of years and did a great job. Adam Kingsley's come in, new, new look, fresher. The team looks a bit more bubbly, and I don't mean that badly for Leon Cameron. I think it's good for Adam Kingsley. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're a completely different team um, with Kingers. Leon, like you said, was obviously an amazing coach and, and brought the club a lot of success. But, um, yeah, I think Kingers is sort of, along with the other coaching staff, it's a brand new staff all across the board. So um, a lot of new ideas came through, um, a different game style. Obviously, and I think the boys were really excited by that, something new and something that we've never done before. And, um yeah, I think it, I mean, it's good to see that we're looking like we're having fun playing footy out there. Yeah, the players that left the Giants, you could almost feel the side that yeah. would make the eight if you could get them all back. But uh, one that stayed the journey is is Toby Green. Isaac, give us a snapshot on what Toby's like. He, we know he doesn't want to do a lot of media, but gee, he's a wonderful <laughs> player whether he's a midfielder or kicking goals up forward. What is Toby like? Yeah, he likes to keep people guessing, doesn't he? He avoid all the media, so we can just sort of make up what we want about him. Um, no, I think Toby, I mean, obviously as a player, everyone knows what sort of caliber of a player he is, but um, just a really genuine person. Um, like, he's obviously stayed true to himself throughout his whole career, and um, there's a lot to admire about that, and um, someone that's come a long way through his journey. But... Uh, yeah, honestly, to put it simply, he's just, he's just a great fella. We'd do anything for him and not ask for much in return. Who's got the biggest bag of tricks? Lockie Whitfield, Josh Kelly or Toby Green in your eyes? Oh, it's probably going to have to be Toby, doesn't it? I mean, he's a forward. Um, Witters is a backman now as well. So, like, backman can't really have many tricks. They just get, <laughs> they just get a job and have to get that done. And, um, yeah, it'd be a sort of two-horse race between Chook and Toby, I think. Yeah. Lottie, you ready? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was just, just looking at... Um, I don't know if you get involved with the off-field, but David Matthews, um, I've known David for many, many years, and, of course, Tony Shepherd, the uh, chairman, they've been there from day one, and I was involved in the Gold Coast at the time, so it was, uh, you know, the under-18s playing the under-19s. But they've, they've been really solid with the GWS. I don't know if you have a lot to do with them, but it looks more stable, more stable than some other clubs in the competition. Um, yeah, no, Dave, Dave and Shep are obviously um, two of our sort of most respected um, people within our four walls, and, and they're, they're always around the footy program. They absolutely love it. And um, Yeah, Dave's a legend. I mean, we there was a few of us that went over to Dave's for dinner. Um, our partners came, and which is um, probably rare to hear for a um, sort of 
MC to be able to do that. But um, no, both both legends. Do you think you're scoring more? You mentioned Adam Kingsley. You are different sides. Your players come and go, but do you do you think you've got the ability to score a little bit more freely and, and playing slightly more attacking footy under Kingers or not? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure what um, like statistically if we're scoring more, but um, yeah, look, I mean, the, the brand that we're playing, it certainly feels like we're having the ball a lot more inside our 50, um, a lot more inside 50 than last year, so I suppose that's ultimately going to lead to more goals. Spoke, talk about your back line, you're part of that, but uh, Sam Taylor, I love watching him play, does very rarely get beaten. I know Harris Andrews is a wonderful fullback and Jacob Wiedering, but Taylor's got to be in the, the conversation, doesn't he? Yeah, Slam is, um, I mean, like you sort of spoke about before, that purple phase. I think he hit his purple phase a couple of years ago now and he's um, he's going to be a seriously good player for the next 10, 12 years. He's probably going to be the um, all-Australian fullback for potentially half of that. So um, we're very, very lucky to have him. Now, with with the program, the the GWS Academy, all the teams have got academy now. How, how did it how did it come to be that you were there? I know you came from Broken Hill, one of the great spots in the world. North Broken Hill. North Broken Hill. <laughs> Played against them in the old days. Yeah. Playing against Broken Hill when I was yeah. playing for Woodville. Yeah. Hey, uh, so how did you get involved? Where did they spot you, and how did you get to GWS? Yeah, I mean it's a bit bizarre that Broken Hill is in the Giants Academy. It's um a 14 hour drive away from Sydney but we'll take it nonetheless but that's um those sort of programs started in under 14 um so I that was sort of my first introduction to it and then every sort of year there was just an opportunity to, to come to Sydney or Albury or Wagga to play um to play for the Giants Academy and then obviously you got a bit more serious towards um under 18 so uh, in my case, I think I just got a bit lucky. I mean, I wasn't on anyone's radar until I turned 18. And, um, yeah, I think a few recruiters were just at the right game on the right day and I happened to get a kick that day. Well, you've had a good career so far, as Malcolm said. Now, Essendon dismantled Adelaide, particularly in that first half. No doubt you would have seen some of the footage there. And I do recall the game is smashed the Crows last year, but they are playing a lot better football. Where do you see Adelaide's strength, Isaac? Uh, because on their day, particularly at home, they've almost been unbeatable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they're a scary opposition anywhere, but at Adelaide Oval, they'll, um, they'll find a the gear. But I think their, their forward line's obviously one of the game's elite. They've got some seriously dangerous smalls and Texas um, agent like a fine wine, so they've got some serious power ahead of the ball and and just a lot of speed as well. So they're going to be uh, tough to beat, but hopefully we can get it done. Now, you, you probably don't know a lot about this, but Josh Kelly's, uh, as David's mentioned before, is a pretty handy player. I actually coached his father many years ago. Now, in the best and fairest last year, he only beat you by three votes. He finished eighth and you finished ninth. Now, your pay packets would be roughly the same, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's a bit under, just by about a hundred. <laughs> no, we uh, I reckon our salaries would be well apart, but um, no, he thoroughly deserves it all. Actually, it was a just on Kelly. Uh, love watching him play. Talk about a smooth mover, Rolls Royce. But he had a pretty tight tag, probably career low last week. The lad on him, McGuinness, did a pretty good job. Uh, the Hawthorne tag, if you like. So how's how's Josh after the game? He wouldn't be used to those sort of stats, would he? 
Um, no, like you said, Finn McGuinness was actually, he was unreal um, to keep Chook to sort of what he did. But I think we um, we actually spoke about it today and it was actually a compliment to Chook to have such a tight tag because he's been going that well. But um, Chook was really selfish in the way he went about it. He was just sort of creating 2v1s where he could and it um, opened up a lot of opportunity for Cogs who had 30 in kick three. So yeah. I think you can sort of... Yeah, you can shut down Chook, but we've got we've got other weapons in there. Yeah, that's the way it is now. Now uh, Adelaide, we'll get back to that. Uh, you know, they're obviously going. You're going for the same spot. Have you have you done the opposition yet? Have you got someone in your mind or someone you're looking at? I know you'll know a few of them. Is anyone you're sort of keen to play on? Uh, well, we'll go through that on Friday. That's our main training day. But um, I'm on the wing these days anyway, so I can't really. Uh, I'm, I'm not in the back line anymore this week, so I reckon I'll just probably be running around with uh, Lockie Shoal. I reckon yeah. he, he might be one of their he'll be one of their wingers, and then whoever the other whoever the other one is as well. It's hard to almost differentiate between half forward wing we and half back, back the way everyone plays today. <laughs> hey, true. just one before you go, Isaac. The other lad we we spoke with Kane Farrell talking to him to, tomorrow, but um, Sam Pau Pepe, you wouldn't want him running at you. Um, big Tom Green. He's got a big body, only a young yeah. man still, but uh, it'd be scary running at you from five metres, wouldn't he? Just go straight through, doesn't go around, doesn't take a sidestep. Yeah, no, he, he's um, he's up there with the conversations of Power Pepper for blokes <laughs> that you don't want running into. You. I actually, I actually did when we uh, when we warm up in the change rooms, we do this thing called pumbling, which is pretty much his side bump and body on body, and um, oh. I, I paired up with Tom Green mistakenly, and I felt like I already played a game before we even went out there after the first one about. So... I'll, uh, I'll be avoiding him in the warm-ups from now on. Yeah, that's a, that's a rookie area, you know. You should learn that. As you're 24, you don't do that after a while. <laughs> no, I'll be going back to the small forwards after that. Isaac, great to speak with you. Really enjoyed the chat. We don't often get to speak to the Giants players. Uh, good luck on the weekend. Not too much good luck. Keep up your good work and your good form and, uh, and all the best for the rest of the year. I appreciate it, Jen. Thanks for having me. Take care. Great stuff, Isaac. Coming, as you said, playing on the wing now, spent most of those 68 games or whatever... Down back. back. Yeah, he's just moving around. Yeah, Good as, size. As Good yeah, size and no. finds the ball. Yeah, no, nice player. Coming in, coming up right into the purple patch. Like he's used that. Like that coming up. Yeah. yeah. Isaac coming, coming up. Yep. Well done. Yeah. I guess there, Isaac coming. Sports Day SA. It's a beautiful day. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Well, to Mac and Blood, every day is a beautiful day. Lost in the wash thanks to the Toolkit Depot. Gear up for winter at Toolkit Depot with a huge range of outdoor power equipment and winter workwear. Just a couple of interesting things too. I um, just want to go through to Scotty Burns talking about Rory Sloan. We spoke earlier. I, I gave you the Tuesday true or false. Who's a better Korean? Pretty well lying ball there. But here's Scott Burns talking about Rory's milestone. I've been lucky enough, obviously, the last two and a half years to be here. But certainly from afar, when you're at uh, an opposition club, he's so highly rated uh, away from Adelaide um, in, in the circle, especially in, in Victoria, where the way he goes about his football, the leader he has been, um, the leader that he is at the moment. You know, he's he's stepped back from the leadership role this year and Dorse is in there, but he has helped Dorse out so much um, away from game day. Um, he's selfless. And there's no doubt when the games are on the line, like it has been this year at times, he's had some massive last quarters for us and, and been a big reason that um, we've won games. So he's just got a just a massive heart and I'm sure he's one of those players that the boys love um, playing alongside. Had his quietest game, I reckon, last week. Only 12, 13 possessions. But um, 
a wonderful career too. Um, you a bit worried about the where the butts comes in or out? Yeah, I am actually. I think that. Um, Whoops! There we go. I think that I uh, mainly because when you look at the uh, GWS, they've got Himmelberg, Tall, Riccardi, who's who's an improver, and Hogan, who can who can actually change a game. Hogan has he's been fine. in good form. Hogan, yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's important that Butts is okay. First of all, gets over his concussion, and it'd be interesting to see what Scotty Burns had to say about him. Yeah, he's tracking well at this stage. I think there's a couple of more hurdles he has to get through, a couple more boxes to tick, but uh, at this stage, he is on target. Yeah, well, I think they need him. I think you're right. I think he's the biggest guy there. It'd probably take Hogan. Well, yeah. Hogan's quite versatile. He, yeah, he can and get mobile. up the ground. Yeah, they, probably he usually plays. Actually, Murray, I still think that Murray's one of the big improvers at the Adelaide Football Club. Hasn't he? I mean, he's through... Had a wonderful un, year. Un, unheralded. He's done a really good job, I reckon. As you say, they got him for steak knives. Wasn't a, a massive uh, call <laughs> no, no. to get him. Um, Port Adelaide uh, taking on Carlton. Carlton in a bit of form too. I thought they were dead and buried, but it'd be a massive uh, result for them if they could beat Port. Here's their star fullback, Jacob Wheatering. How do they stop Port Adelaide's rebound from defensive 50? Pressure. Pressure and uh, tackles inside your forward half. Again, that was just something that we had to build on. It wasn't quite good enough during that losing streak. And guys like Fogg, Jack Martin coming in, and even the bigs just laying some uh, some pressure and some tackles is massive. So oh, I think you can see in our tackle numbers, the pressure rating as well is something we've been looking at. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been really consistent. David, they, yeah, I, look, this, yeah, they're very good call. Um, we didn't do the votes from the coaches yesterday, but it's always fascinating to watch it. And if, if you haven't picked this up, Connor Rosie got the 10 versus the Gold Coast for Port Adelaide. Aaliyah Aaliyah, 8. Finlayson, jeez, he's been a good player, 5. <laughs> Noah Anderson, who was a really good midfielder, got 3 for the Gold Coast. Levi Casbolt, 2. Butters and Wines. Now, one of the, the strange votes, I'll go to the Adelaide game in a sec, but the, the strangest game I saw was Glenelg playing at Geelong. Am I going Glenelg? Geelong playing North Melbourne. There were nine players got votes, every one of them, Geelong. Nine? Nine. The highest vote getter was Tom Atkins with six, five for Brian Myers, and five and every, every nearly everyone else. Myers had 30 possessions as a small forward. I, 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 you know, when I was watching the game, I thought, gee, I hate to be given three, two and one here. You know, if in the Brownlow or whatever, it was a really difficult game because, you know, they played so well. But I can't remember nine players getting votes for Geelong. Was Cameron back on the weekend or was he back this week? Back this week. I think yeah, he's had yeah. a couple missing there too. So, oh, and the just, other games? Yeah, the other games. Uh, Stephen May got 10, the fullback for Melbourne. Stephen Caniglio, so it was a Stephen Day, got uh, GWS versus Hawthorne. Harris Andrews, defender. He's having a good year. Yeah, Brisbane. Isaac Quainer and Nick Dacos got nine each for the Collingwood against the Bulldogs. And Shy Bolton got 10, Dustin Martin, eight, uh, Richmond versus Sydney. And just to finish that off, Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt got nine each uh, for Essendon. I like Parrish, yeah. Yeah, and Fremantle Carlton. Adam Chera from Carlton got ten. Uh, Patrick Cripp, six, and four from Sam Walsh. And that means the three Carlton guns in the midfield got the votes. That's why they won. Dacos, the best 40-game play you've seen? You've seen a lot of yeah, 40, Yeah, it's getting there. Pete, I, think Chris, so. I think Chris Judd was he's on the same page. I heard, heard Craig McRae talk about him. He said it's just unbelievable. Yeah. He can do things that other people can't do. Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah, I and love someone, him. And I, I tell you what, someone else that was pretty good in 40 games too was Nathan Buckley, by the way. You know, did, I don't know if we spoke about this the other day. There's one player in the history of the game that's had more possessions after 40 games. Only one player for Nick Dacos. You know who it was? No. Played um, around 80s, through the 80s and 90s. 
played for Carlton, played for Sydney. Oh, Greg Williams, of course. Greg Williams. Oh, yes, I did. In his I read first that. 40 games. Yeah, I did see that, actually. So he must have been averaging 35 a game somewhere yeah, around there. it was. Yeah, he was a pretty good player. Oh. Now, just in the coaches' votes, Nick Dacos has got 91, leads Zach Butters 77, Petrarca 76, Lockie Neal, my boy, sitting oh. just behind him on 70. So pretty good pretty good names. I think Nick wins the Brownlow. If he stays fit, still has to stay fit and doesn't get reported. Malcolm, big night as always tonight. Uh, Stuart, you... We sort of thought it was coming. We didn't expect to be coming no. quite this quickly. And, uh, yeah, he, he didn't even bother to turn up to the press. Why either. would he? Exactly. You wouldn't have. No, I didn't. I, think, I don't think you would have. So no, and, uh, no. Most of them do, though, even when the Why? Well, I don't know. You got, you, you're sacked. What's the game? What's the game? He's filthy. And, uh, so it should It's be. sad. But, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, never, it's, a, it's, it's a takesless thing that happens. But it's been happening for 120 years in our game. Well, you told me death, taxes and coaches getting sacked, the three certainties. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully Stewie uh, gets gets over it, gets on with it, and hopefully finds a spot somewhere. Uh, have a great night tonight. And uh, Kane Farrell tomorrow from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Yeah, looking looking forward. forward to speaking with him. We'll do it all again between 6 and 7 tomorrow night. Bye for now. Bye, David. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.